the Urban League of Metropolitan Seattle. You are now tuned into Making the Movement Podcast, a place where you can join ULMS every step of the way on our journey to equity for all. Each month, we'll keep you posted about everything the Urban League of Metropolitan Seattle has been up to, including new programs and services, upcoming events, and ways for you to get involved with the movement. We'll even be covering hot topics in our community, inviting special guests to come kick it with us while getting down to the real issues, hosting special giveaways, and more. This is your chance to get up close and personal with us from right here in the heart of the Central District. You are now listening to Making the Movement Podcast. Welcome, everybody. You are now listening to Making the Movement podcast. I am one of your hosts, Ashley. And I am your second host, Rahama. Yo, Root, for one, I can't believe we're doing this right now. I'm very excited, to say the least. I'm very, very excited. I think this is something that the Urban League has needed for a little bit in a while. And to be able to put it into an actual tangible item. Yeah. I'm very excited to right? say the least. Because I think like ULMS, we do a pretty good job at making sure that we're tell- we tell the community what we do mm-hmm. and let the community know like the things that we have in the works. Mm-hmm. But I think opening up this avenue of communication will just put us like right in the middle right. of the conversation. I think they'll be able to hear from us directly now this way. They hear you know, all the social media stuff, but now they can actually hear our voices. So I'm pretty excited about that. Yes, like, and just all the things that we have planned to do. Like, I don't want to give the people too much, but what can they expect from us right now with this show? They can expect anything and everything, whether that's the services we provide, the events that we have going on, the responses that we're having with COVID-19. I know that's a very big thing for our community. So we'll we'll be able to help with that. There's just so much going on within the community. I think they're just going to have to to stay tuned and see what we have for them. Yes, because literally one of our things is that, you know, this is a movement. We are in the process of building a legacy. Mm -hmm. And so why not give the people a front row seat? Right. With this show. Yeah, no, I'm very excited to see. So since this is episode one, Mm -hmm. I feel like we we need to do like a little bit of a recap for the people. Like this summer was really, really popping for us. Not in the sense that like, you know, because COVID. (laughs) But we just had so much going on. I think it's only right that we do a little bit of, you know, the last 90 days at Mm -hmm. ULMS. I think we should let them know what we had going on. Okay. So I think the first thing that we can mention is how one of our community partners came through in a really big way. I don't know if you all know this, but the organization formerly known as Seattle Hockey has now become the Seattle Kraken. And we actually have a professional NHL team in the Emerald City now. And so I think a part of that rollout is that they were looking for ways to collaborate and support local community organizations. And so the Seattle Kraken actually came up with this really dope idea to donate a portion of their net sales for all of their merchandise after the team was announced to three local organizations, one of them, of course, being ULMS. And so we waited to see how long, well, I guess there was like 30 days or 30, Mm -hmm. 60 days in between where people could buy the merchandise. When that time period was over, though, we were really surprised to find out that we had gotten 60 grand of those proceeds donated back to the Urban League from the Seattle Kraken. And, you know, shout out to them because that was huge. That was amazing. Yeah. Like I said, we partner with local organizations all the time. But just the fact that like, this is monumental for the city as well. It really us is. having an NHL team because, you know, that was one of the first sports that was ever integrated in our country's history. So right. just the fact that, like, it's taken us so long to get this team in itself mm-hmm. is a thing. But just the fact that they wanted to include us in that rollout was amazing. Yeah. I think I think that's something that's, that's great. I think we've done a lot this summer. Something else that we did was the restaurant relief grant. Oh, yeah. We had nine restaurants help us out with the census. The census is very important. It happens once every 10 years. Mm -hmm. And so in order to make sure that our communities are adequately counted, we had these nine restaurants help us. So we had Emerald City Fish and Chips. Shout out to them. Right. We had that Brown Girl Cooks. Shout out to Christy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We had City Teriyaki. I know a lot of people probably helped out. Oh, yeah. If you you ever saw any census information in your City Teriyaki order, that was us. Right. Shout out to City Teriyaki for that one. Right. We had (laughs) Umami Kushi LLC as well. We had June Baby and Salar, Jerk Shack, Where You At, Matt, 
as well as Classic Eats. So shout out to all those businesses. Um, And if you want a more extensive list of all the Black businesses that we have in the King County, we have a Black business directory on our website. So head over to our website to see what that's about. It's also free to sign up. So if you have a Black business that you want to sign up, just head over to our website again to fill out our form. Yeah, so. and the only the only stipulation with that is that their business is in King County. Yes, so yeah. for King so County businesses. So if you businesses. have a King County business and you would like to be added to our directory, you can just head to urbanleague.org mm-hmm. and we will get you going because that's new too. Yes, we didn't have a directory before the summer, and I think it's done a really good job at like highlighting some of the local businesses that we work with, local businesses that could use support, mm-hmm. and like you said, it's free. Yes, it is free. <laughs> I know I personally use the directory to find some health and wellness folks, so I would really check it out. Yes. Yeah. And then I was going to say the restaurant relief grants, Mm -hmm. I I believe those were $2,500 a piece, right? Yes. Yeah. So we were actually able to allocate some money to some local businesses to help us with census outreach. And I know that that was, we're actually going to get into a little bit more civic engagement stuff a little bit later. So I don't want to say too much, but yes, that definitely happened over the summer and that was dope as well. Yes. The next thing we're going to talk about, oh my goodness, I've been waiting to talk about this one all day Mm -hmm. because I think that this is so creative and probably the first of its kind, if I'm not mistaken. I think you're right. Yeah. So basically, again, local partners, shout out to y'all because without the support of the community that we service, we really wouldn't be able to do a lot of the things that we do. And so we actually had two brewing companies. I don't want to say this wrong because I'm not in beer. But (laughs) I want to say they're brewing companies, right? Yes. Okay. So (laughs) we had two brewing companies, one called Hellbent Brewing and one called Meteor Brewing. Both of them are local to Washington. And they actually came up with this dope, dope idea to create a seasonal pale ale Mm -hmm. and sell it and, you know, donate some of the proceeds back to the Urban League. And it's actually the beer itself is called Say It Loud, Stout and Proud. I like that. (laughs) I think that is so dope. And I know that sale for the beer went on at both locations starting August 14th. Um, I know that it's sold out right now. I think they also had it at a cafe as well. Boon Buna. Yes, actually, they did. I can't also even... sold out there too. I forgot Boon Boon. Not forgot, but the the beer itself is infused with cocoa beans provided yes. from Boon Buna. Yes. And so the fact that three companies were able to come together to create one beverage for the sake of Black history, for the sake of supporting the Urban League, for the sake of you know just having something, doing something as best they could in this yes. in this time and coming up with a beverage I think dedicated to black culture was the dopest thing that they could have possibly done. I think so too. I think the artist was also local as well. Yes. So her name is Perry Roden and please forgive me if I said that wrong but she's at the Curly Nugget on Instagram and she was the one who provided the artwork for the beer which also came out beautifully. Right. Shout out to Perry on that one. And I think that's amazing. I think the last thing or we have a few more things that we, we have want to so talk about. so much that's been going on wow. in the last 90 days. But the biggest thing is, like, obviously our COVID response, right? Yes. We have, the Urban League has always been on the forefront as first responders in our community. And so when things really started taking a downward turn in terms of, like, March, when the pandemic hit, like, the peak, we started doing so many things. But I think one of the biggest things that we did was feed people. Because surprisingly, a lot of people were unable to provide their families with groceries. Mm -hmm. One of the simplest things you think that we would be able to do during a pandemic became one of the hardest things. Right. And so, God, how many, what what all did we do to feed people over the summer? I mean, we've done grocery deliveries. I know we did some groceries for 50 families a week. We did that for a few months throughout the summer. Yes. Our staff was actually like hand delivering groceries to 50 families a week that signed up. And it was like first come first served. And I think from that program, we actually ended up reaching over 500 families. Right. With just that, that service just that by itself. One. Yeah. Yeah. And then we did a partnership with Together Washington mm-hmm. where we did a drive through style pickup format where people were able to come and get groceries for a full week and come and pick it up and take that away at various locations around the city. And that was really dope as well. Shout out to Together Washington on that one. Yes. We um, also did the Meals and Masks. Oh, yes. Where we had some partners as well. We had Where You At, Matt mm-hmm. and C. Davis Barbecue as well. So that was really amazing where we we handed out, what, a thousand meals? A thousand meals at per each event. event. Yes. And then we had PPP equipments with, with, with like masks, hand, hand sanitizers. sanitizers. 
so many different things, bracelets, little touch tools so people don't have to touch their doors. A lot of different things that we did at that one as well. Mm -hmm. And if just sidebar, if, if you are in need of PPE equipment, you can definitely come to the Urban League main office and request a mask or some hand sanitizer and we will make sure that you have that. Our address will be down below in the description box for y'all. <laughs> yes. One last thing for our 90 day wrap up. We actually collaborated with some other organizations. I believe it was the Seattle Alumni Chapter of Alpha Phi Alpha, the Seattle Alumni Chapter of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. Ooh, whoop. so <laughs> sidebar, Rue and I are Deltas. Yes, we are. We also collaborated with Bird Bar Place yes. to establish some candidate forums. Yes, we have some candidate forums that happen, one in the Keene County, one in Pierce County, and one in the Snohomish County. So that was pretty amazing to to have them come and talk about their, their black their, candidates. Yeah, because, yeah, yeah. you know, we all know that voting in the presidential election is a big deal. But the ones who actually make the direct impact are your local elections. Those are the ones that need the most attention because those are the people who are being elected to make changes to laws and things like that in our actual community. Right. And to be able to provide a platform just for our Black candidates to share what they want to do with our communities, I think was amazing. Today, we are celebrating our 90th anniversary. The Urban League of Metropolitan Seattle was founded 90 years ago. And so today we have a very, very special guest. Someone who probably knows more about ULMS than anyone in this building. Someone very special and gracious. And so I just want to go ahead and introduce you guys to the one, the only Miss Linda Taylor, our VP of Financial Empowerment and Housing. Well, thank you, Miss Ashley. Thank you. I haven't had an introduction like that in a while. <laughs> oh, Miss Taylor, you deserve it. You definitely deserve it. Um, I'll accept. <laughs> I also want to preface the conversation just by saying that Miss Taylor, as of right now, she has been working at the Urban League longer than any other employee that we have on staff. Is that correct? That's correct. And do you want to tell the people how long you've been here? I'm not quite sure. <laughs> <laughs> I want to say 25 years. Wow. Because that... I started basically volunteering mm. and then I started running a uh, homebuyer education program. So Ms. Taylor has been around for a while. The first question I want to ask you just to kind of keep it light is what's one of your favorite things about working at ULMS? Like, why have you been here for 25 years? Oh, just watching people grow, watching people, just being very appreciative of the things that we all take for granted. I know that the Urban League, we do a lot of a lot of things. And within the past nine years, I can only imagine how much we've done within the community. So I wanted to ask you, what are some prominent moments that the Urban League has pioneered for our communities here in the King County? Well, one of the ones that I was involved in that was a real pioneering effort, of course, was the evacuees, Katrina evacuees. That was something. There were African-Americans and other people of color here that had nowhere to turn, but they knew to come to the Urban League because, like I like to say, their grandmothers and their, their great-grandmothers always told them, when you go up north, find your local Urban League. And they did. That's beautiful. What was the situation with Katrina? Because, I mean, obviously, Rue and I weren't working here at the time, but could you just give us a little oh, bit of a backstory? Gosh, gosh, we don't have that much time. <laughs> I'll do a bit of it. There were about, there were over 2,000 people that came to Washington State, and we weren't what's called a drop state. Drop states got money to take care of the people that evacuated from New Orleans. So my understanding from one of the gentlemen is there was an airplane and it said Washington on it. So he got on the plane. They all thought they were going to Washington, D.C. Oh. And they ended up in Washington State. So fast forward, we had to, we called the community out and the community gave and gave and gave. We turned our basement into a closed closet. We got apartments and the housing authorities involved. Churches got involved. We got involved with Tacoma. We got involved with people in Spokane. And we got involved with FEMA. Our list of people that were in Washington State was better than the list that FEMA had. Wow. It was really something. What happened is there was a basketball game. 
the Sonics were playing whoever the team was in New Orleans at that time. And so we cut a deal with the Sonics, and we got free tickets. So when you came in and turned in your FEMA number, we gave you free tickets and something to eat and transportation. So our list grew. And we worked with Fannie Mae, actually, to help us with that list because they gave us the client management system to put it on. So it still actually exists, and I still see people from time to time. Hey, Miss Linda, how are you doing? Thank you. I still got that car because we worked with the Red Cross to give people cars. It was something. It was really, really something. The community truly came together at that point in time. So that was that was a high moment. That wow. sounds like a beautiful moment. Yeah, it was. And back then, we had all three floors of the building. So we had all the social services here that are in our state just about on the floors outside in the hallways with their tables. And people got services. You know, much different from the space that we're occupying now. Right. We, we had offices to do everything. We had some of the same services that we have, but we had offices to do some of everything. We learned a lot. Mm-hmm. Learned you know, that definitely sounds like a very pioneering moment for, for us here at the Urban was. League. To kind of lead into our next question, do you have any personal favorite moments here at the Urban League? That was a, a good one. And I, I think some of my personal favorite moments might not be that popular. When young people and, and others come here and get trained mm. and go on to bigger and better jobs. not Maybe not better, but bigger jobs. More high-profile jobs, let's put it that way. And that that's always one of my favorite moments when I hear of one of the young people getting a high-profile job. From, from the training that they from received From the training here. they received here. May, be it the receptionist that goes on to the mayor's office or my assistant that went on to Bill and Melinda Gates' office. <laughs> Those are really high moments for me. A lot of folks out there don't know that ULMS is actually a HUD certified oh, yes. housing agency. That's true. And so I know a lot of that happened like under your leadership. Sort of, kind of. What happened was it was HUD certified before I came. No one could prove it. HUD couldn't prove it, but I found documents here, but they hadn't been fully executed. So I guess one day when someone was moving a copy machine at HUD, they found it. And they went on with the certification and and put it into effect because I guess it was actually certified in the 70s, but officially in 2004, I believe. For those who don't know what HUD certified means for our listeners, what can you give a little? Just a higher level. It's it's to ensure the public on how you we keep our records, mm-hmm. how long we keep our records, and that HUD just recognizes the fact that we've been trained. That we've been trained extra in rental, in home ownership, in foreclosure procedures, just to, different ways how to document things and and how to oh. Confidentiality is, is is a big one, is is huge. So we're pretty unique. We're HUD certified on our own, which you don't have to be. You can go under what's called an intermediary. So we do go under National Urban League. We don't have to. We can hire a grant writer, write the grant ourselves, and manage it ourselves. But it's easier for National to do it. They have all that expertise. Plus, we can't deliver clients from all over the United States where National Urban League can say, I can deliver the entire United States, and we get more money that way. What's one of the ways that you would like to see ULMS grow over the next year or two? Uh, More property. More property mainly, building more space, owning once again, and perhaps owning some houses to to be able to actually sell and sell on our own terms, Mm -hmm. not so much as selling them at market. Well, they have to be at market rate, but having deeper subsidies, down payment assistances, and we write the terms. Is there anything in relation to like our 90th anniversary or just like the housing department in general that you really would like for people to know? That HUD has made some changes and you need to be certified. Each person needs to be certified. And as of today, 
The Urban League of Metropolitan Seattle has more HUD certified counselors than any urban league in the United States of America. Wow. wow. Yes. Congratulations to us. That's amazing. Oh, yeah. And we have the only reverse mortgage counselor in the United States throughout Urban League. There are others, but we do have the only reverse mortgage counselor in the state of Washington. Wow. And I know that uh, your department is also doing housing, home buyer seminars. Home buyer seminars every third Saturday, credit counseling. We have two sessions a month, and that's real exciting. I, I don't miss those. <laughs> I, I don't. I've, as long as I've been here, I try to attend at least two credit counseling sessions a quarter, at least, from someone, because there's always something to learn. If there's anything else that you wanted to speak about or address that we already haven't touched on? One of our newer services is paying rent. We've always had the ability to help people with their mortgages to get loan modifications and to go to what's called mediation and to get what's called forbearances. But now we are actually paying rent. We're helping people to pay their rent in King County as well as the city of Seattle and Pierce County. And of course, if you guys need that information, we'll make sure that it's available in the description of the episode in terms of how you can get connected with our housing team to take advantage of some of those services. And if I'm not mistaken, don't you have new safe lot locations as well? Oh, yes, we do. And we're always looking for them. We partner with churches so you can park your car safely. And once you do... You're involved with all the Urban League services. You you get involved with our workforce program. You get your credit. You get your budget. We help you get a place. The world just opens up to you once you're in the safe lots. And the churches open up to you also. Because some of them have kitchens and bathrooms. Some of them do. But right now during COVID, we're, we're really trying to work that out. We're really trying to work that out. We have tiny homes there now and porta potties. Nice, but that that program is for pe- individuals who are primarily sleeping in their vehicles. We're sleeping in their vehicles and want somewhere safe to do it. Okay. So we have West Seattle, we have North Seattle, we have a Central Central District. Central District is our newest one. Okay, but we're always looking for churches. And again, we'll make sure that that information is also included in the description. Ms. Taylor, I just want to say thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. You ladies are doing a marvelous job. (laughs) Thank you. And I promise you guys, she will be back. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? I think we should do something, Rue. I think we should give the people a little bit of something just to celebrate our Mm. 90th anniversary. What are you thinking? What about like a giveaway? A giveaway? A giveaway. I like it. <laughs> I think I'm, I am I, I like that idea. I think so too. I think it's only right that, you know, we give the people an opportunity to celebrate our birthday with us. So why don't we give out some birthday boxes? Yes, I like that idea. I think we have some rules. Yeah. And well, we have some stipulations. Of course. Yes. So in order to be entered into this giveaway, you're going to have to do a few things. First, you're going to have to follow at Make the Move Pod on our Instagram. You're going to then tag three friends within our first post and then answer the question. We're going to give you a question to answer and you're going to also answer that in the first post. The question is, what month, date and year was the Urban League of Metropolitan Seattle founded? Now that sounds hard, right? It, mm-hmm. it might sound a little intimidating, but mm. this information, I promise you, you can find it online very easily. Anywhere. You can use your favorite search engine tool. Right. No free promo, Mm-mm. but you can use your, <laughs> <laughs> your favorite search engine tool, or you might even be able to find the answer on the Urban League website. Right. Ashley, so what What are we going to give them? You what know, are we giving them? I love a good t-shirt. Mm. I do. And I I heard that we got some brand new ULMS ones not too long ago. I heard that too. So I think the best thing to do would be to put a t-shirt in there. Okay. You know, okay, so we'll do a t-shirt. And I also heard that we have some pretty special limited edition ULMS swag. Yes, I heard the same thing. And I I took a peek. Swag that even out. Not even out yet. It's kind of nice. It's kind of fresh. Yes. I'm just saying. Okay. So I think that's it. I I think that's nice. That sounds good. 
It's official, y'all. It is. <laughs> and we do have a cutoff date. So by November 16th, make sure you guys do all of the things that I, I just explained to you guys. And we'll be announcing the following week on the 23rd as well. And if you missed any of that, all of that information will be down below in the description box. So, yes, enter our giveaway, please. That's really dope. And, you know... For those who might have just missed it, why don't we just give them a real quick recap of the rules? Yes. So you're going to have to follow our Instagram at MakeTheMovePod. You're going to tag three friends under our first post. And under that same post, you're going to answer the question, what month, date, and year was the Urban League of Metropolitan Seattle founded? And five lucky winners will be selected to get a birthday box from us on the house. Yes. I like it. We'll be announcing our winners November 23rd. So keep an eye out on our social media. Exactly. Right before Thanksgiving, y'all. So be on the lookout. Up next, we have another member of the ULMS leadership team here with us today. The one and only VP of Operations, Mr. Augustine Sita. Thank you for coming. Thank you. Thank you. That was an, quite an announcement. <laughs> oh, you missed the one I did for Miss Taylor. Okay. Right. It was pretty lit. But <laughs> so we are celebrating our 90th anniversary right now. ULMS has been around for a long time. And just to kind of give the people some context, can you just tell them a little bit about like what you do and your role here and like how long you've been here? Yeah. So currently I work as vice president of operations. I've been with the Urban League since early 2014. So I think I'm going on my seventh year. I have done many things here at the organization. Before I was VP, I worked as a workforce development director, program manager in our workforce team, and case manager when I first started here. Well, that's great. Well, the Urban League has been known to be a community safe haven um, for a lot of different members here in the community, especially in a time of crisis, right? And so I wanted to ask you if you could tell us a little bit about what the strategy is in terms of that. How do we respond to crisis, especially during a pandemic? What services and things like that have we been able to provide? So this is the first crisis like this of our lifetime, of, well, I think of anybody's lifetime. And we didn't have a strategy in place, but what I feel really good about looking back since this pandemic started, was our strategy was basically we never stopped working. There are some of us who have never sheltered in a single day. We don't even know what that's like. We just hear about it on the news. But the services that we provided, we were all under the same mindset that they had to go out. They had to continue. Whether it was housing, education, workforce, we have some pretty brilliant people who work here and got really creative about how they dole out those services. And so it's never stopped. It changed, of course, and how it was delivered or executed. But the work has continued and actually got us to an even better place as a result. Nice. What You've been here for, like you said, almost seven years. So I'm sure you've been a part of a lot of different projects and you've seen a lot of different things happen with the Urban League. So what's like one of your most favorite moments in our history that you've been able to be a part of? I may be a little bit biased, but it's the Career Bridge Program. <laughs> That's what brought me to the Urban League. And I can say, looking back, because Urban League took a leap when they took, partnered with community members to take on a Career Bridge Program. And there was certainly a fair share of criticism that came as a result. Urban League had never done work like this before. This involved helping people who were coming out of prison. This involved hiring people who came out of prison. And so this, this was a, a, a huge leap, partnering with the Black Prisoners Caucus and other members in the community. They took the helm. But the one thing that makes me proud is all the way back in 2014, when this work began with the Career Bridge Program, leadership at that time, uh, Pamela Banks was the CEO, and she made it clear that those who are most impacted by the uh, mass incarceration and all of the uh, barriers that come from it would lead this program. And that's sort of how I got here to the Urban League. And she stuck true to that and allowed us carte blanche, a complete creative control of how that program would grow. And it's been a, a smash success ever since. Wow. What's one of your favorite things about working at the Urban League? I got a few. <laughs> and they all involve meetings. Our Christmas parties, our staff meetings, and a few times we've been fortunate enough to go on retreats together. For me, that's the favorite because we all get caught up in the work. We're all busy doing so much throughout the day, 
human service work can take its toll on folks. Working with people in crisis all day, every day can take its toll. So whenever we get opportunities to all get together and laugh and have fun, and the greatest part is they're all brown faces. Mm. Like my team, the team I get to work with are all brown faces from all walks of life. And we get to come together and have a great time. I love it. Yeah, me me too. Absolutely. Because I've been here for a little bit over a year, but one of my absolute favorite things about being here is that it really feels like a family environment. Like when we are all together, even though we're getting work done, it's fun. Like we like coming to the office and seeing each other almost to the point where it's like, you know, okay, you guys, we have to get back to work. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we, we just yeah. always like being around each other. And that's really a blessing because I've been in work environments where it was the complete opposite. And, you know, you really pretty much dread going to work, but here it's the complete opposite and we're doing direct impact. So it's really amazing. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a win-win, honestly. Absolutely. <laughs> I know we've touched a little bit on the different kinds of impact that the ULMS has had within the community, mm-hmm. but is there anything specific that you wanted to touch on on some of the most impact that we have within the community? I see the most significant impact happening in workforce and housing. Workforce is doing things that pre-COVID none of us thought could be done via Zoom meetings, via one-on-one meetings with clients, and are still getting people to work. And the amount of people who are impacted from employment by this pandemic, I know we have yet to see that final tally, but we're starting to see the numbers come in, people who have been affected. And we know that once uh, the unemployment benefits have just recently run out, the moratorium on evictions is soon coming to an end, and we know we're going to see a huge increase in people who need services. And then the other one is our work with homeless individuals. That didn't happen before. And I I was here when they first received funding to go work with homeless people. And our team started going into homeless encampments. And stuff like that never happened before. And it's, it's been going on for several years now, where I see the connection that ULMS has made with Almost every partner in the community that works with homeless pe- people, so much so that new organizations are starting and they're calling us for consultation on how to do this work, on how to open shelters and how to associate with homeless people. And I think, and the work I think has been easy for us. I won't say easy, let me take that back. Yeah. It's been more fluid for us because a lot of our staff really understand what that's like firsthand. So this is not, we didn't go to school and decide we wanted to get into social work and then come work at a nonprofit. Right. Many of us come from the very environments that a nonprofit is helping. That's amazing. What new projects have we been working on that you're really excited about? The drop-in center. <laughs> uh, so there, there, one, one new project was our young adult shelter that opened up in, I believe, April of this year. Mm-hmm. And it was open for 24 hours a day, seven days a week, providing shelter for homeless young adults. And the Urban League did that like like we do everything else. We did it big. <laughs> like we were catering food. We made sure that they had access to all of our services down at the young adult shelter. Hot meals, clothes, yep. all yep. of that stuff. Everyone got a new set of clothes when they came in. We laundered their clothes. And we wanted to make them feel like human beings, not like just homeless people. And so that was pretty exciting and pretty hectic to open up during pandemic because we were opening that up when everything was closing. Right. But somehow, uh, like I said, the people who work here are awesome and we found a way. But the drop-in center, which is an extension of the Young Adult Shelter, a couple of months ago, the Young Adult Shelter went to nights only. So the city wanted to provide a space for those young people in the day. And we took the old Catfish Corner in partnership with a a local church and turned it into a drop-in center. We're going to be doing barista classes, cooking classes, college prep classes, give folks access to housing and employment. We've even set up a PlayStation and an Xbox (laughs) for those who are, you know, doing pro-social activities to take a break and do some of that. That I'm really, really excited to see where that can go. But the potential is endless. 
when you're talking about touching young people. Absolutely. And they've already gotten somewhat involved in like the setup of the Japan Center, right? In yep. terms of like kind of making it their own space, which I think is absolutely amazing because they need something constructive to do. And yeah. with the pandemic, like what is out there? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah. a place that they can call their own and safe too. Yeah. And that was exciting. If You know, I've been doing this work for a while now, but there's something magic and powerful that happens when you're just surrounded by young people. We brought them all to this space and I just said, make it your own. Paint whatever you want. Draw whatever you want. Tell me what kind of furniture you want. Mm-hmm. Not that I think is best. Like, just let me know. Yeah. And watching them, they started drawing these characters on the walls. One young man was doing a poem on the wall. And watching this creative creativity come from these young people, I, I didn't have any words. All I could do is sit back and, you know, you're part of something great. And it doesn't even require words. Just being there was like really cool. Do the youth who come to the drop-in center have to be a part of ULMS programs? Or is it kind of like if you're in need, you can come? So we want them to be part of programs because our goal is not just to touch young people, but to touch their families. And we know that a lot of young people are looking for spaces like that because they don't have safe spaces to go to. So how do we heal that? And so a lot of our work is... We'll reach the young person, but we want to know what's really going on at home. So that, you know, but until that can be corrected, we want to offer them a safe space. That's really a good segue into like our next question, which is what goals do you have for the Urban League in like the next two years? What what kinds of things do you want to see us start to get into or just really expand upon the work that we're already doing? So myself and our CEO, Michelle Merriweather, are currently working on a 12-month goal through some training that we're both doing on how to achieve our goals more effectively. And one of our one of the goals we're working on now is to touch, the number is 150. We want to touch 150 young adults before 2021 is out. And we want to expand on the drop-in center. You know, I think maybe I got, I don't remember the name of it, but there was a gentleman in New York in my hometown who started an organization to help young black boys graduate school and... I would watch how this gentleman interacted with these young people, and it was so powerful. And although a lot of the work we do touches adults, I think I always knew down deep we had to get to the problem before it became a problem. And they're having problems as serious as adults are with the gang violence and the shootings and everything else that's going on. For me, if there's anything I I would like to see the Urban League expand on, it's touch on young people in our community whether it's in Seattle or King County or up north, we just want to touch them and let them know that people do care, that you do have an alternative. And there's resources behind it too. Absolutely. Because outside of the drop-in center, we also have a couple of other resources for young adults. Like we have a place called Harder House, which houses primarily African-American males between certain ages, right? Mm-hmm. 18 to 24. 18 to 24. And then over the summer, our groom program was feeding families in, in those programs. So all of the youth whose families were in need or had a food emergency were able to get fed for a few weeks every week over the summer. Right now, we're in the middle of a brand new program where youth are learning how to build websites for local minority-owned businesses. And so in terms of like how we're reaching the youth, there's so many ways ways that they can be involved with the Urban League. And we'll definitely make sure that we put the information for these programs in the description of this episode. So if if you parents out there have an interest in getting your youth involved with the Urban League, we'll definitely make sure that you have a way to do so. I just wanted to ask if there's anything else that you wanted to touch on that we haven't already spoke about. One of the other goals is really to bring the organization more into a collective with other Black organizations in our community. We work with a lot of organizations, and then, of course, there's some friction with some organizations. But the goal for me is to just put an end to that because mm-hmm. we're all doing the same work. We're all trying to serve the same people, and we're all from this community. And, you know, myself, I'm a transplant out of New York. Mm-hmm. And someone once questioned whether I was from the community. And I reminded them of the 25 years I've lived here, the daughter that I raised here, the seven and a half years I spent incarcerated here. So I don't know what it takes to get accepted, but this is my community and I'm not going anywhere. Absolutely. And so I want to work more closely with others in our community. 
No, that's real because there there are a lot of organizations who are doing the same similar work to us and maybe the approach might be a little different from ours or you know maybe they might have a different way of seeing things but at the end of the day like we all have the same goals yeah I would love to see us work with more organizations and I think that's one of the things that came out of the pandemic that was a positive is that we've had a lot of local minority organizations come out and want to do things with us which has been just amazing right and I think it's the best time to lean on each other. You know, it's it's a pandemic and there's a lot going on. And if we don't collectively start doing things, it's going to be it's going to be hard. Absolutely. And I'm excited to be a part of ULMS's future because we hit 90 <laughs> years, but now we're going on 91. Yes. So we're leveling up now. <laughs> well, Mr. Cita, thank you so much for yes. coming on and just talking to us a little bit about, you know, what your experience like has been here and what your goals are for the future. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And as a reminder for everyone listening, we'll make sure that we have the information for these programs that we just discussed in the description of this episode. Ashley's going to slide us into our next segment, which is called Brand New to the Block. Yes, and I'm so excited for this segment because this is where you guys will find out all of the updates about events, programs, services, new things that are happening at the Urban League. And so for this month, I just want to let you guys know about four brand new things that have popped off over the last 90 days that you guys should know about so that you can make sure that you are involved where you want to be involved. So the first thing is that our education department has created a drop-in youth center. Uh, The location is actually the old Catfish Corner restaurant location. Seattleites, y'all know what I'm talking about. People not in Seattle, just look up the old Catfish Corner location. I I should probably find the address. We'll make sure that we put the address for the drop-in center in the description of this episode. But basically, it's just going to be a place that will be open to youth ages 16 to 24, I believe, where they will be able to come in and pretty much do whatever they want to do. So we'll make sure that we have different activities set up, like art. We'll make sure that there's like a, I, I think there might be a like a studio in there. So if anybody's interested in music, it's just a place where youth can come in our community and kind of hang out and pursue the things that they're passionate about and in a safe space that is facilitated by our education department. And we'll make sure, again, that you guys have the details for that in the description of this episode. The second major thing that is brand new on the block is our Black Voices Project. Now, I know that we are going to have some of our colleagues come in and talk a little bit more about this in a future episode. But just to give you guys the rundown, the Black Voices Project is a virtual digital Black book club where we focus on literature that is based on anti-racism and predominantly written by Black or minority authors. It's free to join. We read a new book every month and at the end of the month we have Zoom wrap-up calls. There's a private face group that you can be a part of and we even do book giveaways and tickets and discounts for Seattle Arts and Lectures. So if you are one who loves to read, whether you're a speed reader or a, a leisure reader, this is definitely for you and to find out more about that you can go to our website but I'll also make sure that you know The link is in the description for you. The third thing is that over the last few weeks, we had a Black Business Prosperity Grant launch at the Urban League where we received some money from local community partners to give to small minority-owned businesses. We had over 100 businesses apply and... The winners of those grants will be announced very shortly here soon. And basically, we were able to give away four grants of $5,000 and five grants of $1,000 to, like I said, local minority small business owners. And so thank you to everyone who applied for that grant. And if you weren't able to get in on it, just please keep your eyes out because we are definitely always looking for ways to provide direct cash assistance to local businesses. And the last thing that I'll make sure you guys know that's brand new on the block is that you can now officially become a ULMS member. There are four levels of membership that you can choose from based on where you are right now in your life. And if you're looking for ways to join the movement and actually be involved in a deeper level than just volunteering, then I encourage you to go to our website and look at some of our membership options because We would love to have you. We know our team does a lot on our own, but it's super important that we have the support of our community and even like local partners to join with us. So if you're interested in becoming a member of the Urban League, go ahead and head to our website. And of course, I'll make sure you guys have the link below. And that is pretty much all that is brand new on the block. Next month, I'll make sure that I have more things for you guys just so that you're in the loop with the new things that are happening at the Urban League of Metropolitan Seattle. 
which is actually a perfect segue into our next segment. We have our civic engagement coordinator, Maya Mann, is here to talk a little bit about what the Urban League is doing to address voter registration and the census. So I just want to say first, Maya, thank you for being here. For those of you who don't know, in nonprofit, we wear a lot of hats. And Maya is a one-woman band, okay? For everything policy and civic engagement related, she's all over it. And so I just want to say thank you because I know that your schedule is very all over the place right now. So thank you for coming through. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited to be here. So I guess the first question is probably the most, like, no-brainer, but for those who are far in the back, we're going to go ahead and like bring this up at the forefront. Maya, can you just tell the people why is it so important to vote in this upcoming election, which, mind you, is two days from now? The reason why it is so imperative for people to vote is to make sure that their voice matters and to understand that it's more than just the presidential election. So what people like to call down the ballot. So there are key um, important elections um, that are occurring. There's going to be the governor's race. There's the secretary of state's office, even the attorney general. So if you want to have a voice in how people can vote, how we're going to recover in Washington state past COVID-19 and next year, it's very imperative to have your voice heard in this year's election. You know, climate change, police brutality, health care, all of that is going to be decided by um, this year's election, especially locally in in, uh, in the state of Washington. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for sharing the importance of that. I hope, I hope everyone understands the importance of voting. I know that a lot of us sometimes get scared on how to vote or what ways that we want to vote. So I want to make sure that all of our listeners know what options they have to vote in the state of Washington. So what does that look like for us? Yes. So currently, by the time people hear this podcast, a majority of Washington state voters will have, will have received their ballot. I mean, it should be in their mailbox by no later than October 19th. So they should have already have it in their mailbox. Um, if they have it, um, they would need to double check their voter registration status. If people People haven't registered to vote and haven't received their ballot in the mail. The best thing to do at this point between now and November 3rd would be to go to their elections office or go to um, a voting center. They can find all of this information through the Secretary of State's office or the King County Elections office and be able to vote in person till 8 p.m. on Election Day. But by now, majority of people would have received it by mail by now. We've been doing mail-in elections since like 2005. For those who still haven't completed their ballot, the only thing is you need to put it in a drop box by 8 p.m. on election day or at least put it in the mailbox today. That's actually really, really insightful information, Maya. And I know that you've been working really hard on developing some resources that can kind of help people who may be first-time voters or who may not be a first-time voter, but just need like a kind of a refresher on what what to expect and what's going to happen. So can you talk a little bit about the resources that we currently offer at ULMS to kind of help provide that information? For sure. So one thing that I really wanted to make sure happened was to not only get people to register to vote because people get registered to vote. It takes only 90 seconds to do that, but to make it a step further and making sure that they had all the necessary tools needed to not necessarily know who to vote for, but be able to understand what's on their ballot and understand the necessary key deadlines and and things that they need to do to make sure that their ballot is counted. I mean, so that's why what we've been doing since um, National Voter Registration Day is really highlighting this person votes and really trying to empower the voter. I mean, that's where we created a, a first-time voter guide, which is has all the information that I think an 18-year-old would need to know to complete their ballot and also to know, like, can I vote? What do I need to do if um, they have any questions about the process? So, And then we also have it where, you know, you can make the pledge to vote. You can register to vote all on our website because we're really trying to make it a one-stop shop to be able to understand not only to vote, but how to do it. And that's actually what I was going to ask you, because I know that we have a a ULMS text line. There's a way for them to text in to get updates about civic engagement and what we're doing in terms of like voter registration or just in general. So can you give them that number? 
Anybody can text ULMS to 52886 and you'll receive updates on um, different things that are happening civic engagement wise. So whether that might be um, a petition for Washington state legislatures, whether it means to pledge to vote, whether it means get updates to turn in your ballot before 8 p.m. on election day. Um, if you need all those key updates or want to know what's happening civic engagement wise, definitely text ULMS to 52886. Thank you. I think that is that's a lot of insightful information, especially the texting. I think a lot of people will really find that helpful. I know that for some of us, we want to still keep up with Election Day, even after most of the voting is done. Right. So how can we still stay involved and be aware of what's going on after voting is done and Election Day is is here? Yes. So the crazy thing about um, Election Day is it's most likely going to be an election month since majority of states are doing mail-in ballots. In Washington state, for example, does mail-in ballots. It takes 21 days for Washington state to certify an election. And so since we're seeing a heightened amount of states doing mail-in voting, it's going to most likely be where it's going to be a whole month or where we might not know where the results are. And so definitely we'll be making sure we keep uh, our community engaged through our texting line and also, you know, through our social media. There's going to be more than on Election Day, as well as the Urban League of Metropolitan Seattle is really trying to extend the conversation to not only voting, now that you voted, how can you engage a a conversation with your legislatures. So we're thinking about different ways on, especially since this coming state legislation session is going to be online, really trying to find ways to get the community in the room in these Zoom meetings, testifying, writing letters, whatever we can do to extend the conversation even further. No, I think that's, yeah, that's very important to keep the conversation going even after past voting and election day. I did have one thing for you. So, you know, civic engagement, well, our work doesn't stop after the election. We're going to, you. I'm sure you have a lot of things in your agenda that will be coming up next. So if there are any interested folks out there who want to partner with you or who want to get in touch with you to possibly talk about collaborating, how would they get in touch with you? Or what's your preferred method of contact? I would say um, just call the Urban League of Metropolitan Seattle and they'll transfer you to me. I'm I'm all about finding innovative ways to get, you know, people out to vote, people out communicating. I've been really trying to do a lot of community organizing with, you know, churches, volunteer organizations. Um, so really, if you have an idea and you know a way to execute it, um, please you know, reach out and I, I'm happy to to see how we can, you know, make that happen. Well, yeah, I think that that does wrap up our interview for you. So I just want to say again, thank you, Maya, for coming on and letting us talk to you a little bit and educating the people about voter registration because that is important. Y'all need to go vote. Okay. When you're done listening to this, go vote. Yes. Okay. Turn it in. You still have time. Yep. Yep. There's, yeah. Turn it in by 8 p.m. on election day via Dropbox or mail it today. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not an advocate of getting out of work when you don't need to, but if that's blocking you from going to putting your vote, I'm going to need you to go ahead and take that. <laughs> There's not a postage. There's, you know, you can just put it in the mailbox. Just put it in the mailbox. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Cause this is more important than probably ever before. Mm-hmm. Yes. Vote like your de- lives depend on it. Cause literally. they do. It does. Yeah. Also, it's really imperative that people know where their drop boxes are or where their voting centers are. So you can find out all of that information on votewa.gov. Also in our first time voter guide at the very end, it has all of the websites for um, the county elections office. And you can also find where your drop boxes are there. And so just, you know, put it in there by 8 p.m. on election day. In King County, there's over 70 um, drop boxes. They're about three miles apart every resident in King County. So definitely, I know with everything going on with the postal office, put it in a Dropbox to make sure that it's secure. And make sure that Dropbox is legit, okay? Because mm-hmm. I've seen some out here, like just random garbage cans, spray painted voting box. Like y'all know if it's legit or not. If you don't see the city logo on it, don't put your vote in there. <laughs> yeah, the, the King County elections one, they're really bright blue. They have vote on them. They have the King County logo on them. So yeah. Um, and then also closer to election day, they have people out there to make sure that people know like this is this is where you actually legit vote. 
and they just need to be dropped in the box by 8 p.m. on, on election, election day. day. Mm-hmm. And we'll make sure that we put this information for you guys in the description of this episode so that you know exactly what websites Maya mentioned. And we'll even put the description of the voter box for you because I know some of y'all probably missed that part, but... <laughs> We'll make sure that you have all the information you need. Thank you. Make sure your vote counts. Make sure we make Black count. Let's make sure we reclaim our vote. And thank you guys so much. One of the things that we'll be doing on the show is making sure that you guys have all the information that you need to be involved with ULMS. And so Rue actually has a dope segment called How To With Rue. What's on the agenda today? What are you going to show the people how to do today? So today, I am going to show the people how to donate to us. We've gotten a few different questions from different events on how to donate, and we realized that we have so many different ways to donate that we're going to let y'all know what that is. So one of the ways that you can donate is heading over to our website at www.urbanleague.org and hitting the donation button at any page. You'll see a donate button at the bottom of all of our pages, and you can click that and you can donate. The next way to donate is by texting at ULMS to 52014. Once you send that text message, you'll get a series of prompts and then you can follow those prompts, right? right? Next way to donate is by check. You can make the checks payable to Urban League of Metropolitan Seattle and then you will mail it to our main office, which is located at 105 14th Avenue and we'll have that also in our description box down below. We are... Unfortunately, not taking in-kind donations, which is physical items, due to COVID-19 right now. So we won't be doing that till further notice. But again, these are the different ways that you can donate. This will all be listed down in the description box below for you guys to refer to. And that was How To With Rue. And again, if you guys have any questions or anything that you want Rue to address specifically in future episodes, then just go ahead and make sure that you leave those suggestions in the comments on any of the social platforms for this show. Thank you so much for joining us this month, you guys. This was the official first step in making the movement podcast on our journey towards equity for all. And this is just the beginning. Yes. And we have so much more to come. So stay tuned. You know what? I think we should do something, Rue. I think we should give the people a little bit of something just to celebrate our Mm. 90th anniversary. What are you thinking? What about like a giveaway? A giveaway? A giveaway. I like it. <laughs> I think I'm, I am I like that idea. I think so, too. I think it's only right that, you know, we give the people an opportunity to celebrate our birthday with us. So why don't we give out some birthday boxes? Yes, I like that idea. I think we have some rules. Yeah. And well, we have some stipulations. Of course. Yes. So in order to be entered into this giveaway, you're going to have to do a few things. First, you're going to have to follow at Make the Move Pod on our Instagram. You're going to then tag three friends within our first post and then answer the question. We're going to give you a question to answer and you're going to also answer that in the first post. The question is, what month, date, and year was the Urban League of Metropolitan Seattle founded? Now that sounds hard, right? It Mm -hmm. it might sound a little intimidating, but Mm. this information, I promise you, you can find it online very easily. Anywhere. You can use your favorite search engine tool. Right. No free promo, Mm -mm. but you can use your... (laughs) your favorite search engine tool or you might even be able to find the answer on the Urban League website. Right. Ashley, so what what are we going to give them? What are we giving them? I love a good t-shirt. I do. And I I heard that we got some brand new ULMS ones not too long ago. I heard that too. So I think the best thing to do would be to put a t-shirt in there. Okay. You know, okay, so we'll do a t-shirt. And I also heard that we have some pretty special limited edition ULMS swag. Yes, I heard the same thing. And I, I took a peek. Swag that even out. Not even out yet. It's it's kind of nice. It's kind of fresh. Yes. I'm just saying. Okay. So I think that's it. So I think I think that's nice. That sounds good. It's official, y'all. It is. And (laughs) we do have a cutoff date. So by November 16th, make sure you guys do all of the things that I I just explained to you guys. And we'll be announcing the following week on the 23rd as well. And if you missed any of that, all of that information will be down below in the description box. So, yes, enter our giveaway, please. That's really dope. And, you know, for those who might have just missed it, why don't we just give them a real quick recap of the rules? Yes. So you're going to have to follow our Instagram at MakeTheMovePod. You're going to tag three friends under our first post. And under that same post, you're going to answer the question, what month, date, and year was the Urban League of Metropolitan Seattle founded? And five lucky winners will be selected to get a birthday box from us on the house. Yes. I like it. 
We'll be announcing our winners November 23rd. So keep an eye out on our social media. Exactly. Right before Thanksgiving, y'all. So be on the lookout. For those who want to ask me a question next time for How To With Rue, you can do so by visiting our Instagram page at MakeTheMovePod and we'll have a way for you guys to submit your questions there. Ashley, what about all the other stuff that we talked about today? If you are interested in learning more about the information we talked about today, you can visit UrbanLeague.org and we will make sure to drop the links in the comments or description wherever you are listening. That's all we have for now. As always, thank you for tuning in with us. Make sure to keep up with Making the Movement on Instagram via at Make the Move Pod, where you can always recap, ask questions, and chime into the conversation. New episodes drop every second Wednesday of the month. Don't forget to subscribe and drop us a rating on your favorite pod platform. Remember, in the immortal words of Nipsey Hussle, life is what you make it. And I hope you make a movement.